Welcome to today's episode of the Craftsman Creative Podcast. My guest today is Ev Chapman, a creator who is passionate about turning notes and ideas into content and products. She is one of the most prolific creators I know. And in this episode, we talk about her creative process and how you can do the same. You can take your ideas, turn them into content and products, and how you can become prolific just as she has. Now, if you haven't yet, be sure to sign up for the free five-day email series over at craftsmancreative.co. It helps creators learn how to build six-figure businesses, and my goodness, it has like an 80% open rate, so people are loving it. Make sure to head over there and grab it for yourself if you haven't already. Now, on to the episode. All right, welcome everybody. This is Darren with craftsmancreative.co. I am here speaking with Ev Chapman, and this uh, conversation has been a long time coming. I've been following Ev for, I think, probably a year now, and we've been in spaces together, and we've talked a few times, but we've never like had a real conversation. So I am very excited to be talking with you because you are just this incredibly prolific, inspiring, like high-energy, positive um person online and i love whenever your tweets come through my feed because i'm just like oh yeah she's doing it and she's inspiring people and it's amazing so i'd love to start with just like let's give people kind of your quick bio and some context around who you are how you got into creative work and then we'll really dive in we're going to be talking about the creative process we'll probably get really nerdy on zettelkasten and things like that because i love those (laughs) things too and we'll see where the conversation takes us how about that yeah, totally. I think, um, yeah, uh, thanks for having me as well. Um, I know we kind of, uh, yeah, we're like, let's do this. And then, I don't know, life happens and then <laughs> circling back. Um, but I think, um, yeah, my name's Ev. I've been creating for probably 18 months, um, like, ser- like, you know, serious creator um, online. Um, and, uh, and before that, I had dabbled in a lot of things podcasts, vlogging, um, uh, other blogs, that kind of thing. But I never seemed to be able to, like, get, um, you know, get it going or even just kind of, I don't know, um, really make a, make a thing of it. And so um, around about March last year, I started writing on Twitter um, and that was it for me. I found something that I really loved doing and I found people who wanted to hear about it as well. And, uh, and I've, had a, I've had a great time doing it. I've grown a great audience uh, I have some great digital products out there now and I'm really kind of diving into, uh, I'm, I'm very much about processes. I love, you know, talking about that kind of stuff. And, um, and so that's kind of, that's where I sit now um, in the kind of creator processes, note taking space. So, so great. Okay. So yeah. I want to put this note out there because we have some people in the audience. So we will do some Q and A at the end. We'll chat for 30 or 40 minutes and then we'll open it up Q and A. And if you're actually on your computer on Chrome, you can call in, you can click the start live call and you can ask your question live with us. So I look forward to some questions at the end. So here's where I want to start, Ev, because I feel like there's um, kind of a new breed of creator that is out there creating Notion templates and creating digital products and creating resources and courses and things like that. And... I see a lot of them where it's, it feels like they're almost like jumping on a bandwagon. They see that there's 
it's the gold rush, right? There's money to be made. Yeah. Sell, you can sp string together an ocean template pretty quickly and sell it online for 20 bucks and make a quick buck, right? Especially if you can combine that with a bigger audience and yada, yada. I don't think that's you. I don't think that your motivation was like, I'm going to make a quick buck off of this Twitter thing, right? I just don't get that vibe. And so before we dive into the technical and get into details and stuff about how to do creative work and how to take notes and all those kind of things, yeah. I would just love to get a bigger picture view and some more context around like, what is it about creative work that drew you to it? And what is your like bigger purpose or bigger vision? What is it that you personally are working for as a creator or with your business? What's the big goal there? Yeah, I think um, I, I'm so glad you get that vibe because uh, that's, you know, it, it's nice um, that people don't think I'm just here for like, you know, I think there's nothing worse than than someone who's kind of not, not necessarily here for the money, but like I really find I love the creative process. I am at my very core, a creative person. And that's why I think I've tried a whole lot of things in the past. Um, and uh, and it's now that I've kind of found, you know, the thing that I feel like I, I really do enjoy doing. And so for me, a big part of it is every day I enjoy writing, creating, kind of doing those kinds of things. The whole like business side of it, I don't actually love that much. Um, and uh, so like, I would just rather just be able to sit at home all day, read, take notes, create things like that's kind of like my, my real passion. But I suppose the whole um, reason that I, well, one, I discovered Notion. That was a big catalyst for me. Um, I'd used a lot of different things in the past. I'm, I'm generally a process workflow person, so I can teach that really well. And I found Notion a really great um uh, just a really great way to be able to then put that out online. I saw a real, um, just a, I, I, you know, yes, I saw an opportunity and I thought, okay, I could, I could probably create some things. But more than that, I think people, I, I remember just putting my first dashboard up on uh, Reddit and people going, oh, do you have that as a template? I'm like, is that a thing? I didn't even know it was a thing. Like, you know, so I think from very early on, I kind of saw signals of things. And so that's how I work. I, uh, you know, if people ask me for things, I think, oh, okay, I'm going to go in that direction. Um, but I think uh, about when was it? It was sometime um, in 2020, like early on in 2020, we'd gone into lockdown here in Sydney. <clears throat> and I work with health and fitness businesses in my, in my actual job, my full-time job. And all of my clients had to shut their their doors they they couldn't um they couldn't operate and I thought hmm, I've got all my eggs in this one basket over here um which my kind of employed work and I, I think a lot of people felt that in 2020 that the world that they felt like was secure for them actually wasn't and actually everything could be kind of you know just pulled out from under them and so that got me thinking about then really trying to diversify. And I knew I had other skills. I knew I wanted to, you know, do do something um, kind of for myself as well. And so now um, I think for me, uh, you know, I, I still work a full-time job. I do create a thing on the side. Um, but I really feel like I want to create kind of a portfolio of things that I do. Um, and uh, I suppose I started following, um, if you're familiar with Daniel Vasalo, he talks about, portfolio of small bets and I think I really took that on as okay you know I think a lot of people um 
feel like employed work is very secure. Um, but I found that actually my secure work almost, you know, like got taken away in a really, you know, bizarre time um, that, you know, is, is kind of a once in a lifetime, I think, thing. But I think, um, I think now we're in an opportunity where anyone can pick up their phone or start writing or do all sorts of things and actually create um, kind of the lifestyle that they want and, uh, and that kind of thing. So that's kind of like, yeah, like overall kind of where I'm, where I'm going and how I think. That's awesome. I'm, I'm curious if you've given much thought or how you see yourself in this industry, in this creator economy, because like I had mentioned earlier, you don't seem like an opportunist. So did you strategically go into it thinking, I'm just going to try to help people? Or were you just kind of following your, I wouldn't say passions, but your, the things that you are excited by? Like, how did you approach it? Because I know that there's probably a lot of people that follow you and follow me that are, they want to do creative work. They would love to have a similar scenario where they keep their full-time job, but they've got some side income and they're creating things and they're connecting with people and that stuff. So to me, I think it prohibits you if you approach it as an opportunist and you're just trying to make a quick buck. So how do you see yourself? And also like, how do you recommend that people enter the creator economy? Um, okay. I think that I'm just a massive oversharer. So that like, if I'm learning something, I'm probably going to tell people about it in some way. Um, so, and also I, uh, so in 2019 or it was 2018, I vlogged for a year. Um, and the whole reason for that was to actually keep myself accountable to, um, some of the goals that I had that year. Um, and so I felt like I wanted like a, a public way to actually um, make that like uh, kind of keep keep myself accountable. Like, I mean, a few people watched it, my mom, my auntie, you know, those kinds of people. But I feel like um, being online, it, it creates a really great opportunity to, you know, learn things and then teach things. And, and that's kind of where... I think, you know, I, I get to, it's like, every time I'm learning something, I want to then share that. And then that seems to be helpful to people. So then I think, oh, um, maybe I have something unique here. Like no one ever thinks they have something unique until they share it. And someone says, oh, I never thought of it like that. And so I, I think that we, you know, we live in a really great opportunity where, you know, you can open a Twitter account or Instagram or TikTok or whatever. And so I kind of see myself in that, like, I honestly love the craft. So I love the craft of create of being a creator. Um, and that's what keeps me going on, on the difficult days. Like when it's like, oh, what, what am I even doing this for? Um, and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And so, yeah, I think I love the craft of it. And then people then kind of say, oh, that's interesting. And so if something's interesting, I just keep going in that direction, following the signals of that. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, that's so cool to hear because I just recently, I forget who it was. It might've been the tilt or somebody or, or I think ConvertKit did a study as well, but I've read a few of these like industry studies where they pull 10 or 20,000 creators and do the survey. And one statistic that kept popping up was like the amount of time it was taking people to like, feel like they were making a certain amount of money from their creative work. And the number that I remember, and I might be getting this wrong, so I apologize, but it was like 18 months on average for creative people who's to start and then start making money. And I was just like, 
18 months. I would so never, intense. I would never wait. I'm way too impatient to wait 18 months. And I mean, to, for context, like I started Craftsman Creative right at the beginning of the pandemic. I launched in mm -hmm. April of 2020 with two of my own courses. They didn't sell very well because it was the beginning of the pandemic. But then I did another course with a partner and she did 10 grand in sales in the first week. I was like, yeah, I don't want to wait 18 months to make 10 grand. I want it now. So I think there's ways to do it. And this kind of transitions us into like the real meat of this conversation that I was excited to dive into you with. Um, because I think we both probably have experience around this. Um, how do you do creative work for a living, especially if you have a full-time job? I can't tell you probably a dozen times this month already that people have said either on a podcast interview or in my community or just DM on Twitter, how do you do it? Because you have a wife and three kids, you're full-time, you know, I work in film, I produce movies. So like, I'm a busy dude, but in the last year I wrote a book, you know, like, and so yeah. there's ways to do creative work. And I'm really curious to dive in with you on how you use writing and note-taking as a catalyst for creative work. Because as far as I know, you haven't sold any of your writing. You're not, a, you haven't published a book. You haven't sold like an email course or anything like that, where it's like the writing is the product. So you're using writing as a catalyst, if I'm getting this right. And then you're also creating products. And I'm guessing that a lot of those products surface because you're doing the writing. So maybe start as high level. And then like, I'm totally fine taking like the rest of the conversation, talking just about that, because I'm into a lot of this stuff, but I feel like you've got such a better grasp on a process for how to do this. Yeah. And I think, first of all, I am an incredibly systemized process driven person. And so I think that just kind of came across as soon as I started writing, I was like, okay, got to find this process. It just helps me to feel clear and, and, and that kind of thing in the same, in the same sentence, I'm also an incredibly messy, uh, kind of like scrappy creator as well. Um, because I don't have time all the time to, you know, polish things up and, and get things. So I learned really early on, um, minimum viable kind of shipping and get it out there. And so I, I really discovered the atomic essays from ship 30 for 30, um, as a great way to just get things out really fast that I didn't feel like, you know, like when I create them, when I write a medium article, I'm like, Oh, is this okay? Like, you know, it's like, it feels like much more of an investment online than just like atomic essay out done. Okay. Hopefully people like it. And I like that feedback of it, that it's on Twitter. I get immediate feedback and I think that creates a really great kind of loop that way. So I think, um, one thing I, I suppose, okay, one, I do something every day. So I try and find the minimum thing that I can do every day. Cause I feel like if I can do that, then, um, it's, I, I tried to do the two blogs a week, but that didn't work. Um, because it was like some days I'm writing, some days I'm not. And so I found that writing every day an atomic essay worked for me because I found the rhythm. And I think that's, um, you know, that that's a really important thing. I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a full essay. It could just be turning up on Twitter every day. Like I know Tweet 100 as well changed how I, um, how I did Twitter. Just, mm -hmm. you know, like 280 characters, one tweet a day. 100 days and that I think really gets you in this whole rhythm and this whole 
kind of, okay, I'm ready to turn up every day. And so um, I, uh, I kind of do both of those. I am incessant about ideas. So every time I have an idea, I write it down um, and uh, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so ideas are, are key. Um, and I don't mind if I have a thousand of them um, in, a, in a list. I'd rather have more ideas than less. And so as I go through my day, I might think about things. So there's a whole lot of kind of um, ideas, feedback loop, doing stuff every day, finding the rhythm, and then actually just finding what you love to do. Like very early on, I thought I wanted to do YouTube. I was like, that's the way to be a creator. Um, but actually, I, I could not stay consistent at it at all, and I still can't. And I'm okay with that now because you have to find the creative outlet, I think, that that works for you. Um, so, And even though people say, I like lots of people tell you, I love your YouTube videos or I, I sometimes do little TikTok videos. Oh, I love those little videos that you do. I'm like, yeah, I love them too. I can't do them every day. And so I think, you know, finding that everyday thing, um, I think is, uh, is, is really cool. So apart from, apart from that, like tech, you know, technical kind of process stuff, I, um, have a set time that I work every day in my creative life. So I'm a morning person, I'm up around five o'clock and I write for a couple of hours, um, before I dive into anything else. And I found that that worked for me. And actually, because I like doing it, it's not a hard, um, it's not hard to get up. I actually get excited to get up and, you know, get into notes and and things like that. (coughs) So I think finding that sacred time is really important. And then having some kind of system. So I take all of my ideas and I get them into kind of I call it the up next list so I kind of look um, at my weekly creator uh, time as uh, like if you're in a kitchen um, like a professional kitchen and you have the the menu orders and so I kind of take like the best ideas like the ones I'm most excited about and I kind of put them up on the board and I say okay this is my up next list and so they're kind of like not physically but just in you know in my in my system and um, and so those are kind of my intentions to, to publish every day. And I think a really big part of, especially when you're doing it part-time, is just finding the easiest way to do things. Like so many times we think hard equals good, but actually it doesn't have to. So I'm just looking for the easiest thing to publish every day. So I'm looking for the thing I've got the most notes on um, or I've written the most about, so I do a big brain dump on everything. I'm looking for something that excites me to write, and I'm looking for do I have the energy for this? So sometimes I might have like a little bit written about something, but I have a lot of energy that day, so you know I can I can get something um, written. And those are my three criteria every day for publishing. Just find the easiest thing to do, and that seems to work. <laughs> it seems to be able to um, to get things out really really quickly. And, um, and I tend to start with small things and build upwards. So I start with tweets and I do a lot of, I'm, I'm hugely data-driven. I love to look back, see what resonates, what people have liked, and then I move up from there. I might take a tweet, turn it into an essay. I just randomly wrote a tweet the other day about the tools I use. I always know tools, people are going to love that. 
And I thought, oh, okay, people did like it. So now I'm going to expand that into maybe an article, um, tell people how I use that. So I think it's like listening to all those little signals and thinking you don't have to necessarily start with the biggest thing. Um, You can start with a tweet and then you can work your way up. And it's much easier then because you've started with something and you're not, you know, having that blank page moment. So it's kind of a few little of my of my kind of ways to to get things out. Okay, this is amazing. And I feel like there's some stuff we should zoom in on a little bit. Yeah. And then I wanna then I wanna figure out how do you turn all that work into products and into a business, mm-hmm. right? So <clears throat> just to share my experience, because I think it's relevant at this point, when you talk about um, you have to find the creative outlet that works for you. Yep. I made a conscious decision about August of last year that I wanted to enter the creator economy in a more prominent way. I've been yep. in the creator economy, if you want to call it that, for the, my entire adult life. I started my first business in college when I was, I mean, I don't even know how old I was, but probably 24 or 25 or something like that. So it's 16 years that I've been like doing creative work mm-hmm. at a professional level. You can call that creative economy work. But um, it was just recently that I wanted to be like building an audience and having like a, a content enterprise, as Joe Polizzi calls it. So it was a very conscious thing. And I decided, okay, well, I'm going to enter the creator economy. How am I going to do this thing? And then the first, my first thought was similar to yours. I, I went with video as the natural way to go because I have this decade plus long career in history yes. or career in film and television and doing video. And I can spin up video really easily. Like me doing a five minute video could take an hour as, whereas it takes other people a whole week. Right. Yep. But at the time I didn't even have an hour a day. Like the idea of committing to producing a video every week was like, Nope, that's not going to work. Plus the other thing that I noticed was how much time do I spend on YouTube? The answer was zero. Like I maybe watch one video a week, maybe, maybe it's probably more like one every two weeks that I actually am on YouTube watching something. So I don't have subscriptions there. I don't follow people there. I don't have a big channel there. Like A, it would have been starting from scratch, but B, I would have had to create an entire new routine and habit around doing that type of creative work. So instead, I knew that I could write because I'd been writing online for over a decade as well. I'd never tried to monetize it or turn it into a big list or anything like that. It was just an outlet, creative outlet, kind of like the shit 30 stuff just on my own blog. Right. And I, I looked at my screen time. I legitimately did this. I looked at my screen time and said, where am I spending my time online? And it was like 90% Twitter and 10% Instagram and 0% anywhere else. I didn't go on LinkedIn or Facebook or Reddit or TikTok or any of those things. It was those two. And it was like a 10 to one. I was spending more time on Twitter. So great. I'm going to commit to that and I'm going to start only publishing on Twitter and I'm going to write. And so then it became, okay, well, I want this writing to become something. So that's where the idea for a book came. And I just used that as the vehicle to like enter the creator economy. I'm cruising down the, you know, center, the, <laughs> the, the mile, right? Yeah. Um, Cause it feels like I'm cruising, not like speeding through. I'm not on a racetrack yet, but I think it's such an important mindset thing for people who are starting to, or who have a desire to be a creator to realize that it takes a lot of thought early on, or at least it should, in my opinion, the more that you give thought to how you're going to enter, what vehicle you're going to use, what medium, what platform, all those things make it so much easier down the line. 
So the other thing I yeah. wanted to kind of reiterate and make sure that I'm getting it right, because it sounds like your process starts with capturing, that you're, yep. you've got a document open and all day long, you're, whenever you have a spark or an idea or a thought, you just make sure you capture it. And I think that's super important because a lot of times as creators, we're just like, oh, I'll remember that. Or I'll remember that lyric. I'll remember that melody. I'll remember that line. I'll remember that idea for a blog post. Yep. Five minutes later, it's gone. You're like, oh, it was five minutes ago. How did that happen? <laughs> so like yeah. having a methodical way, that sounds like, I mean, I do that as well. I have morning pages uh, as a habit. So every morning I'm doing a brain dump first thing because I'm just always yeah. buzzing in the morning. And if I don't do that capture process, then I'm like sporadic and I'm going like a freaking like squirrel, squirrel, squirrel all over the place all day long. I open up like eight different new projects and I only get one done. And that's not a yeah. great way to work. So for you, it sounds like similar to me, it starts with capture. And then you're turning that into progressively greater, um, greater magnitude pieces of content. Yes. Starting small. If it resonates, you'll go the next level. If it resonates, you go the next level. So what does it look like? when it goes from content to something that people could purchase to like a product or a service? Yeah. Um, so it looks, okay. I'll, I'll give you a real practical example. Sweet. So I, um, I don't even know when it was, but I was in, I have a, a writing inbox that I go into every morning. It's got all the, all different notes in there, stuff that I've consumed. That's where I start every morning. It's like my morning pages. <coughs> so one morning I was like, actually, this looks interesting. So I screenshot it and I put it up and I said, as a creator, this is where I start every morning in my writing inbox. And I just sent it out as, you know, just a random tweet. It was not even planned. And people were like, what's this writing inbox? And so I was like, oh, okay. It's a little signal there. Um, and so then from there I wrote an atomic essay about it. Um, again, lots of signal. I'd love to hear more about this. So then I wrote a Medium article, which became one of my most read Medium articles. Um, and so from there, and no one was really, like I didn't see anyone else talking about this. What I've just got lots of questions. And so I, I did turn that into my course, which is Effortless Creator, um, which I just did the last two cohorts of. Um, and taught people how to kind of start in this writing inbox and get to um, and get to all of the um, uh, and kind of make that into what you create. And um, and so that's kind of a practical example of like something that I created and used and then wrote about and then uh, was able to turn that into into a course. But then I also have it as a product. Um, and so because a lot of what I do is and what I write about is process driven, it is fairly easier to turn into digital products. Um, and then also uh, that was my my first kind of foray into a cohort course, which was really fun. Uh, it was fun to kind of actually get on Zoom and, and talk to people and see people um, light up when they they went through the same process and they realized actually I can be really um, uh, intentional about what I'm consuming and then use all of that to create really great content. 
Um, so that's kind of practically how it works. It's it's like you know as you as you're writing about things, I'm looking for the things that really resonate, and then I'm thinking, okay, well, how can I create that? And I mean, I feel like there's so many ways to create digital products. There's everything from a course all the way down to you know templates, um, but then also kind of resource things. Um, you know, if you if you kind of a collector or that kind of thing, you, you might create a whole, um, you know, resource like an Airtable or a Notion database that people can um, can get. So there's a lot of different ways. And I think, um, you know, I think it's about just putting it out there and, and really listening for those signals, saying, okay, that's something that's really, um, uh, that's really interesting to people. And the only way that that happens is if you talk about things a lot. So I find like with a lot of creators, I think, oh, I've just talked about that one time. And so now I have to like then not talk about that ever again. But actually, like the more that you talk about it, the more people see that and then the more you're known for that and the more signals you can get in that way. Gosh, that's amazing. So I wrote mm. I wrote down something because this is this is like one of my little spark notes that has been sitting in the back of my head for a little while that I've been trying to expand on. So I'm excited to jam on it with you a little bit. So yeah. We all know the basic economy, economic principle of supply and demand, right? And I have found it frustrating as a digital creator to create demand that outweighs the amount of supply, right? Because when you create yep. a digital product, unless it's maybe like a, a limited time or a limited, limited seat cohort-based course, you basically don't, you have infinite supply because it's a digital yes. product that literally the entire internet could buy a hundred times and it still would be available. It would never run out, right? Yep. And so the thought was, okay, and I think um, Daniel Presley wrote a book called Oversubscribed and it, it's an amazing book, um, but it really talks about like, if you don't have demand that outweighs or outnumbers this amount of supply, you're gonna struggle. And I have personally experienced that Yep. my entire life <laughs> as a creator, right? Because um, anyway, not because. So here's the thought is that it sounds like what you are doing is you're not manufacturing or creating demand, you're discovering demand. And by iterating that way, instead of coming out the gate and saying, hey, I'm doing a cohort-based course, and then hoping that there's 10 people who want to buy it when there's only eight seats available or et cetera, um, you're actually taking a reverse approach where it sounds like you're discovering demand, you're seeking it out, you're a, you're like a little digital archaeologist where you're going, okay, let me scratch a little at the surface to see if with this tweet, if there's any demand there. Oh, there is. Let me dig a little deeper with like a bigger pick. Oh, there's a little deeper. Let me get the shovel. Oh, let me get the digger, right? So you're kind of progressively going deeper and deeper and deeper when you've discovered like a vein of gold worth of demand there. And tell me, I mean, if you're willing to share, like how did your cohort based courses go? Was there, mm. uh, were there enough people? Was it a good experience? Were they happy? Like tell yeah. me about how that went, because I'm very curious how this process worked for you to go from like tweet to ship 30 post atomic essay to medium post to like product. Yeah, um, it was great. So I wanted, um, I think I opened 20 spots in, in both cohort, cohorts, um, which I filled both. Um, and so so for me, that was a, you know, a nice, um, a, a nice success. And, and I think I, 
I knew that I had people who would want to do it. One, because people said, if you ever do something like that, I'll come and do it. And so I was like, great. <laughs> so I think um, I think you are correct. And I think I might steal that, you know, like digital archaeologist uh, wording because I was like, oh, that's yeah. really cool. Um, but, you know, for, here's what I saw. When I first started writing online, had friends, they're like, okay, I'm going to do a course now. And I was like, all right then. Um, but like then you spend like a year doing modules and doing all of this and and instead I spent a year just writing and building an audience and so then when you do put something out like look launching something is still scary like it still could be a flop I I I thought at the end of last year I thought oh how good would it be to create like a like a, a journal like that people could have like a writing prompt every day well, three people uh, pre, like bought, bought the pre-launch of that. So it was like, okay, I didn't really follow the signal there. There was no signal. I just thought this is a cool idea. And so mm-hmm. when, so it's much easier to launch something, even though launches are, are hard and you still are not sure, it's much easier to put that out when you know and you've heard from people that, yes, I'd be interested in something like that or if you ever do this, I'd really like it. Um, sometimes that can lead to things that, that you don't necessarily like to do. Um, so a couple of people said to me, oh, you should do some coaching or that kind of thing. And to be honest, I just don't really like doing that. Um, and I did a few times. I was like, mm, no, this isn't for me. And so mm-hmm. you still have to be true to what you enjoy doing. Um, and so now from, from there, I, I love the cohort uh, kind of course, but I'm going to take that and I'm just going to do it as a, self-paced course um and then as people come in i'm gonna just have some pop-ups that because i kind of like that more than feeling like i have to be in the one place at the one time um so you kind of discover discover what you like to do but i think you just yeah i i start small and i go up and and it, it decreases the risk for me um and it means that i'm constantly out there and i'm constantly putting things out um with little risk um to kind of think well this was a complete failure yeah amazing so i wrote this down better to discover demand for an outcome rather than try to manufacture demand for a product yeah yeah because that's what it sounds like you're after is people are telling you what they want they want an outcome they're not saying hey i want a product from you they're saying i want your help with this thing because you figured it out right exactly exactly right um, and I think it's probably come from, you know, I've, I've definitely bought into those sales pages that, you know, have the countdowns and, and all that. And like in my, in my full-time job that I do marketing. So I understand the marketing side of things, but sometimes that feels icky as a creator. Sometimes it feels icky as a marketer too, but we won't go with that side, but, um, but, What's the book? You know, Marketers ruin everything. <laughs> they do, and I think that you know, I think there's a that I'm looking for a more authentic way to be a creator, and I'm looking for a sustainable way for it. Um, I don't think necessarily I've I've found it. Like there's still, you know, launches are still amazing, and then you get into like the normal uh, cycle of products, and you're like, okay. Uh, maybe I need to launch something again because, you know, you, you want to create that demand. So there's still, you know, still kind of discovering that, but I feel like I don't I don't actually want to create another full-time job for myself. I want to find a way to do what I love 
um, to help people and then um, have that be some kind of sustainable income. Well, I think that approach actually leads to greater success more often than the approach of, I want to make money online. Yeah. You say you, you just are showing up every day and you want to help people and you're chasing your own creativity and your own desires to learn and study and expand and, you know, figure out what you think about things like that is an, um, a, it's a much more enjoyable experience to be doing what you love every day. And then taking that one extra step or clicking it up one notch and saying, well, I'm going to turn this into some extra revenue. If you approach it as I'm just going to be helpful in a way where I'm going to help people implement things or coach them on things or show them how to do it, you know, people aren't paying for information anymore. You can find information for free on the internet. So if you want to take that one extra step, you just kind of like turn it into a, here's help implementing this process or this framework or learning these principles and applying them to your business, then you're being helpful. And it's so much easier a place to market from, which is really just like, I just had a tweet on this yesterday, which is marketing is not trying to compel people to make a decision. You're not trying to coerce people to do things. It's an invitation. And first of all, the invitation needs to be targeted to like the people who should actually come, right? It's not like, You don't want to airdrop an invitation to a party to your entire city because you don't know who's going to show up. And that's going to be a crazy party if you got people that are homeless and people that are left wing, right wing. If you have all of these disparate groups of people showing up thinking that there's a party to be had, that's going to turn into a fight instead of a party. So you have to be specific about who you're inviting. And then with the invitation, you got to word it or frame it in a way where it's like, this is enticing. This is something you want to come to. Uh, it's yeah. so much easier when you've framed your entire approach around being helpful rather than taking advantage of an audience of people because, my gosh, I cannot stand. I, I rant on this way too much, and I apologize that I'm taking time to do it, but I'll be quick. Like, I just can't stand the people, the marketers or the internet creators that think the internet is vast and there are millions and billions of people that I could burn through in order to get a 1% conversion rate on some product that isn't even that good. I just know how to game the system to drive traffic and it's going to work. And as soon as your ROAS becomes positive, then you funnel more money into it and you drive and burn more people. Like the idea of having an email list or a Twitter following of a hundred thousand people where only 2% or less are actually interested in the content or products you're creating Yep. No, like, well, but I also um, think, go ahead, please. I've talked. Yeah, to you. I was going to say, I don't, it's, it's not, that's not realistic for most creators and they actually don't need that. And that's what, yeah. I mean, I, I launched my first paid product only maybe two months into really creating. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think I had less than a thousand people following me on, on Twitter. So it, you don't need, you don't need that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think the more I get into the creative economy, the more I kind of am wary of the gamers, um, who are, you know, like they're, they're smart. Like I, I have full respect for that, but it's like, still, I think there's a different type of creator who doesn't want that. Um, and he doesn't want that kind of, you know, regurgitated information. They want to be known for something. They have something unique and um and they have a voice um and you don't actually need you know all of those those followers to use your voice and to be authentic and and to create something really cool 
Gosh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, it's true. It's 100% true. If you look at my audience, I don't have two, even 2,000 people yet that are following me on Twitter. My email list just crossed 2,000 people, but that's across many different segments. So like my yeah. newsletter segment is just crossed like 700 people. Um, but And I shared this in my community. I'll share it here. But like my business last month did 20 grand, not including my film producing revenue. Yeah. Like you can have money as well. It's not that money is a bad thing and it's not that you shouldn't produce no. it. But if it's the main goal, you're going to constantly be frustrated that you're not making more. Whereas yep. if you realize that if, or if you approach your creative work by being helpful, by coming at it as someone who's teaching and sharing and helping and contributing, the money kind of takes care of itself as long as you've done the work to like structure your products and your yes. marketing and all that stuff together. Those systems need to be in place. Yeah. But it sounds really like you've, you've taken a reverse approach to a lot of the people that are espousing and teaching online, which is here's how to grow your Twitter following so you can make more money. And I'm just like, that's not the thing. <laughs> that's, not, that's actually not the answer. That's an answer. Yeah. It works for dozens and hundreds of people, but like, I don't know. If, I'd love to hear uh, your thoughts I, on all that. Well, I think that um, so many people focus on outcome um, rather than focusing on what they can do um, and letting the outcome take care of itself. So, you know, I talk about this a lot, um, you know, where in, in business. You can you can think about leads, right, and just be obsessed with leads. I've got to get leads. Or you can just do the things that you need to do every day so that leads become an outcome. And it's exactly the same in, in being a creator. If you, if I know if I, if I show up every day and if I'm writing and if I'm doing all of those things, audience happens and then income happens from there. And I realized that really early on. And so, and I'm also in a nice position where I, I'm not desperate to have to make money. Um, and I think that, you know, there, there's a lot of people who say, well, just quit your job goal in that kind of thing I, I think that's a dumb idea especially because most people have um you know they, they have responsibilities they have families you know that kind of thing and I don't think you need to do it I think that you need to find a way to uh you know that you can that you can sustain both um until you know one or the other kind of you know tips over um and uh and you know you know maybe you, you go all in on one um, but I do think we're kind of coming into a space where you are going to have multiple things on the go. You might have a, you know, uh, maybe a full or a part-time job. You might have freelancing, you might have some products and you, you end up with this portfolio. And, and I feel like that's kind of where we're heading. Um, I feel like the, the pandemic really sped a lot of things up in, uh, in, in kind of how, how we interact with our own employers and how we kind of view the world. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that um, I think focus on what you do every day and then let the outcome take care of itself. Amazing. I feel like that's a really good place to kind of wrap up the conversation this time around. I'm I'm desperate to do a round two at some point because this has been incredible <laughs> chatting with you, mainly because I think it's such an important a, a lot of the content I put out is focused around mindset. Yeah. And we focused a lot about that. It's, you know, the, the technical or tactical approach that you take, it's going to be different for everybody because everyone's different. But like yeah. the approach that comes from your mindset is such an important part. I'm really glad that um, A, 
that our mindsets kind of like align that way. Yes. <laughs> but we spent so much time on it because I feel like it's uh, undercovered. Uh, yeah, with. I agree. <laughs> yeah. So very, very cool. Um, I would love to know where people can find you online. How can they reach out to you if they want to become your friend? All of those things. Yeah. Um, so Twitter is probably the the place. Um, so uh, you can follow me, Evelyn C, E-V-I-E-L-A-N-C, um, or just head to my website. You've got all the all the links there, which is evchapman.com, and uh, reach out. I, you know, I'm not um, I'm not some kind of like you know person who doesn't you know. Uh, well, sometimes I don't reply to my DMs, but uh, most of the times I'm very good. Um, but I, I love to chat with other creators and, and uh, build community. So, yeah, definitely reach out. Yeah, you've proven that because you've just been a, such a great connector and in, involved in so many different spaces and communities and such a support to other creators. So I've seen that and it, it rings true. So I highly recommend people reach out because you are amazing. Thanks yeah, for taking thanks, the time Darren. today. It was really, really great chatting with you and uh, look forward to chatting again soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This was fun.